Welcome to Just Be You with your hosts, Coach John McKenna and Father Jason Parzinski. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes as Coach McKenna and Father Jason discuss how athletics and faith help us to become who God created us to be. And now here are your hosts, Coach John McKenna and Father Jason Parzinski. Welcome back to the program, everyone. It's great to be with you. Uh, I'm Father Jason. Coach McKenna here. It's always great to be here. Yeah, we have Coach McKenna by phone again this week. We're always always glad to have him, no matter what way we get him. Uh, makes the program a different place. And as we kick off this program, let's look to our scripture verse uh, for today's uh, program. And we're pulling from the book of Ecclesiastes, which is one of my favorite books by far. Um, and just a little side note on the book of Ecclesiastes, it was one of the original um, texts that was given to those who just entered into the monastic uh, tradition. So if you went to a monastery and you uh, made it into the uh, postulancy, uh, one of the first things that they would have you do in the Benedictine tradition is to study the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, and then you would go on to, after you mastered that, onto the Proverbs, and then finally onto Song of Songs. And so uh, this book gives you a, a sense of community, a sense of friendship, a sense of the value of teammates. And so here we are, Ecclesiastes 4, uh, 9 through 10. Two are better than one. They get a good wage for their toil. If one falls, the other will help the fallen one. But woe to the solitary person. If that one should fall, there is no other to help. We get a very clear understanding right off the bat of the value of being in companionship, of having friends. But here's the catch. Not all friends are real friends. And what we find in Scripture constantly when it comes to the idea of friendship is more of what we would consider a teammate, being able to be present to someone, to lift someone up, someone who you can trust and have confidence in, and someone who's not just going to tell you what you need to hear, but is going to tell you what you, what you really would benefit from hearing in order to grow closer in your relationship with God. It's as C.S. Lewis said, in his uh, book, The Four Loves, friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what, you too? I thought no one but myself experienced this. I'll tell you what, that, that is so true because um, the more values you have as a person, the more you know you value yourself, you value others, the more you're going to need that respect and that, that true friend and everything. And the more you're going to have to they're going to have to have values. They're going to have to be a lot like you at times. Um, and I think I don't think they have to be exactly like you and agree with everything. But when somebody disagrees with me, it's like I consider you and I good friends, uh, Father Jason. When we disagree with something, I don't get upset that we disagree. I respect your opinion. And I think respect is the key word in this. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I think that's where the the opportunity to grow as well as a person uh, is found, because, uh, you know, if if we think we have all the answers, we are completely ignorant to the world around us because we've missed most things then. Um, Our perspective is limited to our understanding and interpretation of experiences, and and so if we want to grow in our relationship with God, if we want to grow as a person, having someone's different perspective, different opinion, challenges from time to time is not a bad thing because it causes us and forces us to examine what we hold, why we hold it, and to grow in our understanding and our convictions. And that's, that's really where the benefit um, comes from, I think, in, in growing in our relationship uh, with God and with others. And I 
think not only with God, but with other people, and we talk about this all the time, the good word gives you one mouth and two ears for a reason. Sometimes you got to just shut up and listen. Listen to people. Um, and don't listen to respond. Listen to listen. Um, I find myself, and this is a bad habit I have, I have a bad habit of listening, but I'm always trying to have the answer right away. So I'm really not listening to hear what they have to say. I'm just listening how to respond. And I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but I think you have to take that time to listen to what they're ha- the, the, the people are really saying to you. And the more you do that, the more you get to know them, the more you get to trust them, and I think the more you grow as a person. You know, and I think that's one of the things, too, that I just want to draw to you is that article I sent you uh, the other day. Um, this really kind of uh, irks me a little bit. And the article I found on the Daily Mail, and it's looking at what's kind of turning into this long chain of comments from individuals uh, on Reddit, is an atheist uh, roommate at one of the colleges. It doesn't say which college uh, this is taking place at in the United States, but an atheist roommate um, slams his Christian roommate and is upset with him because he found out that his Christian roommate was praying for him. And this atheist uh, college student is adamantly opposed to anyone praying for him because he doesn't want anyone to think that God has any involvement in his success in life. And, and the whole thing I just find you know, rather disturbing, but uh, the comments on both sides of the aisle on this argument are rather interesting I don't know if you had a chance to look at some of that, Coach. Yeah, I did. I, I did, and uh, you know, and I go back to uh, we, and I believe we talked about it last week when I was in the hospital. I had this. Uh, it's nice what I could say, older gentleman, because uh, I'm pretty old uh, as my roommate, and uh, very strong in his faith. And one of the things he said to me, and it's something I know already, that if you have God in your life, you know, you're okay. You're a better person. You'll be okay. And um. And how I relate to that, to reading the article and everything, and I'm saying, you know what, if I have God in my life, what I do with that is up to me. Now, you know, if I want to pray for you as the atheist and everything, I have every right to pray for you as the atheist. You know, and I'm just praying for your well-being and everything. That's fine with me. I don't think I have a right to be condemned for that, and I don't think there should be rules that, well, if he's an atheist, you can't pray for him. If he's this, you can't pray for him. If he's Jewish, you can't pray for him. You know what? I'm going to pray for whoever I want to because I'm praying for them as a person, not not for whatever beliefs they have and everything. And uh, uh, this, this guy, she was lucky he, I, that, that he's not in my roommate because <laughs> I'd be praying for him every day. And I wouldn't stop because it's just who I am, and I'm not going to change who I am and what my beliefs are with my God for somebody else. Now, I'm not going to flaunt it in front of him. I'm not going to, you know, hang rosaries around his neck or anything every time he walks in the room. But in my silence, in my heart, I'm going to pray for him. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, the key is, you know, obviously we want to have respect for others. But if we genuinely believe what we say we believe as Christians, that God became incarnate through his son, Jesus Christ, and that Jesus Christ is the source of salvation— and through him, all, all mankind have that opportunity to be saved, then I don't know how we could possibly compartmentalize our faith. And I know politicians tend to do this all the time, and woe to them, because I do not want to be one of them before the gates of heaven, because I just do not want to have that experience. But I don't think we can compartmentalize our faith to accommodate or appease others. I think we can be respectful. I think we ought to be mindful of where someone is, 
uh, in their struggles. But I think if we are, are true to our faith, then we believe that Christ is the center of everything. Uh, and you can't compartmentalize that. Because if you do, then that doesn't really mean you believe it, in my opinion. Well, you know, it's gotten to the point now where, you know, if I see you going through something and maybe I don't really know you or, I, you know, I do know you, i got to walk up and say, is it okay if I pray for you? No. Right. If it's going to be like that, it's just not who I am. I'm not that warrior for God that, 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 I've, uh, that I say I am then. I'm going to pray for who I want to, and I'm going to pray when I want to, where I want to. And, you know, again, I do everything I do, and I think you do too with respect. Would I flaunt it in the guy's face? No. But I wouldn't stop praying for him. Yeah, neither would I. Neither would I. And I, and I just, I find it interesting because when, when you look at the comments that were, that were posted by individuals, you get other, you know, a, a good number of them seem to be in favor of the Christian uh, student um, and that, you know, he was being mindful and respectful and he should have the right to pray for whoever he wants. It's his, his relationship with God and his prayer life. Um, but there were, there were other comments that I, I think individuals missed the point because either you are a Christian or you're not. I, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's uh, a complicated issue. Either you believe God is the source of everything or you don't. Uh, there is no in-between. Right, there That's isn't. That's what we've made everything so difficult. We make things too fancy, too, too hard to understand. Hey, this is real simple. Do you love God or not? And it comes down to that. And, you know, I don't know how that's too hard to figure out. My first thing I think about every morning I give, I give thanks to God for letting me have that day. I give thanks to the person who I respect the most. And then secondly, I look over and I say, thank God my wife's here with me. And, you know, and it's that simple. We make things too difficult. Right. And I think, you know, one of the things I always like to point out to people is that, you know, there's the famous biblical passage 316. Of course, most people will immediately think of John 316 as God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. And it's a beautiful passage. But I think it's no coincidence that Revelation 316, the same same coded number, um, uh, exists because that particular passage is, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. The Jesus loogie passage, as many refer to it as. And I think that's a reminder. I love that. I, I, I love that one, too. And I think that that's a profound verse because, you know, God did give his only son uh, for us. But he gave us his only son for a purpose for us to come into the truth, who is Christ. And, and through that, to live our ways accordingly and, and to live our life oriented in that ultimate end. And I think that's what friendship really is all about, is if we allow people to remain in ignorance, if we don't pray for people, uh, you know, then, then what are we doing as Christians? We're not really helping people leave that cold or that lukewarm place. I mean, our end should be to get everyone to heaven. No, and you know what? I hate to call this Paquetta Scripture. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about others. That's what life's about. And that's what our job is. God put us on this earth to help other people. And if I can't pray for you, my, my life is half over then. So, you know what? Uh, my, my vote is, I'm going to pray for you, pal. Tough luck. In fact, you know what? I don't even know the guy. I'm going to start praying for him now, too. <laughs> Same here. Same here. And we're going to take a, bre- a brief break. And when we come back, we'll have Rachel Doan with us from the Notre Dame softball team, who truly is a remarkable uh, individual when it comes to the topic of friendship and teammates. 
This is our late Father Andrew Small, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. A Lenten Reflection Some say that we're no deeper than what's carved into us. It's love with all its labors that merits such a fuss. But I would add a little sad. It's only half the cup. What also makes us deeper is what we've given up. It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family in mission. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish and we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. And welcome back to the program. And with us, we have Rachel uh, Doan joining us. Rachel, the real Rachel Doan? Yep, that's me. Is that you there, Rachel? Yeah. Hey, Rachel. Yeah, is that all I get into? Yeah, I got to tell you, Rachel. I, yeah, it's Coach McKenna here. And one of the things I miss about not being in school is that smiling face of yours all the time. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm glad to hear that. What have you been doing? Well, it's been a little, like, hard kind of settling into routine because, like, we've never experienced this before. So, like, the first week of, like, cyber schooling has just been finding a good routine, and I think I've found it. Hey, Rachel. That's good. I know it's, it's tough because we, we nobody, no, none of us have been in this kind of situation before. Um I'm uh, 65 years old. I don't think I've ever been told that I had to stay home besides being sick and everything, but not being allowed to go out and everything and being told you can't go to work, that's like, you know, uh, I just don't know how to handle it. And and for you guys, um, and especially you, because I think you like routine. You like that, you know, coming in. You like mingling with people, being with people and everything. And it's just got to be a little different for you. What'd you say again? Sorry. Cut out. That's okay. I said this has just got to be a little different for you. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I I miss the weight room so much. I didn't realize how much it, like, played into my, like, daily routine. So I've just, just been able to, like, going on school and, like, being able to pace myself online has been one of the best things. But I also miss, like, going to school and having a schedule and then after school I have either weight room or softball or track or whatever season it is and it's just like you take for granted how much a routine impacts your life and I really miss that and I miss all my friends and teachers and every adult there at Notre Dame. Hey Rachel it's Father Jason here. That's one of the things that I was going to say that it's a person like you uh, that I know how, how many friends you have, how many are your teammates, how you're a leader to the softball team and everything. It's got to be tough on you not having them around. 
Hey, Rachel, it's Father yeah. Jason here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to jump in here for a second. Coach has <laughs> got the runway here. Uh, hey, Rachel, I just want we're, so we're talking about friendship here. And one of the things that I find remarkable about you that I just wanted you to comment on, and, and you briefly touched on it, is, is that the difficulty, obviously, with the schedule, the routine being uprooted and changed. Uh, but you are one of the more social people I, I see in the halls at Notre Dame. You're the captain of the softball team. Uh, you know, back at the end of fall, you started asking when we were going to start the softball Bible studies already. Um, your enthusiasm is incredible. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, so h- how do you find yourself in this this time of quarantine? Obviously, it's a little bit more difficult. It's out of the ordinary uh, to maintain those friendships, to maintain and foster that that team development among the other uh, young women on the softball team? So um, just like friendships in general, I've been able to, thank gosh, we have like FaceTime and text message and Snapchat for this reason, because I've been able to like utilize that to be sociable with my friends. And every night I FaceTime my friend from California who I used to play softball with, and we just kind of talk about how everything's going on out there and how everything's going on over here. And with the softball team, I've sent out the Facebook workouts that Coach McKenna has given us. And we've just been talking through, like, what's going to happen. And it's really, like, this uncertainty. So we don't know when we'll see each other again, uh, hopefully soon. But before this coronavirus happened, it was we were gelling very well. And I haven't been on a team that gelled very well like that in a while. So it's such a shame that we gelled so well and then it just gets taken away. It's just, it's crazy. But no, I've been staying in touch with all the girls and just telling them that it's going to get better. Do you find any pressure as captain uh, in light of this unique situation to to do more, um, to inspire your teammates Um you know, through this time, I mean, have you found any kind of like additional aspects that you've kind of taken on in light of being captain of the team? Um, well, the pressure of being a captain has kind of been a little bit added just because you have to lead a team that you can't see. You can only text message them and email them, and you can only lead so far because this whole social distancing and, um, you know, it's just a little bit of added pressure, but I work very well under pressure. I know my co-captain, Amelia Burkhall, works very well under pressure. So I think we're handling the situation to the best of our abilities. And what was the other part of the question? Sorry. No, just you, you, you pretty much answered that question. You know, it's just the challenges of being a captain in, in quarantine. Yeah. it's Overall, it's just very... It's a very odd situation, especially with the high schoolers at this moment, because we've never experienced an epidemic where we have to stay home and we're restricted to not playing our sport anymore and not being able to see our teachers, not being able to see our friends. It's just a very odd scenario, and I just keep sending messages and telling all the girls on the team to like stay positive keep up on the schoolwork absolutely because this is the time where like your independence and your organization skills are really going to show and just keep reminding the girls constantly like 
how it's all going to get better. It's just what I've been doing as a captain because I can't lead on the field if we can't play on the field right now. Right. Coach? Well, one of the things I was saying, is, and you know, I know you're not going to understand this right now, but someday you will, how lucky you are right now because I was thinking about if I was in high school back in the 70s a long time ago, we didn't have social media. We didn't have all that stuff. And we wouldn't be able to communicate with each other because usually there was one phone in the house and, you know, and that was it. And, you know, you had three TV stations. And so we didn't have all that social media to communicate with people. So how blessed you are, guys are right now to have that kind of stuff, to be able to reach out to people, to call your friend in California, to call your teammates, to text your teammates and everything. And I think it's a blessing right now that you guys have that. Absolutely. I am so blessed to have just like simple, even if it, this happened 10 years ago, the simple technology of just a phone call or like an email and being able to like still communicate would still be such a blessing. But now I can do it with FaceTime and Snapchat and just it's I'm so grateful. I didn't realize how grateful I was for social media until I in a situation where I've been restricted for face-to-face contact. Yeah, it's strange. I said, you know, the thing that's kept me going through it, Rachel, is that, you know, I'm getting videos for the kids and everything, the athletes and everything, and it makes me smile every day. Um, And I think that's important and everything, but that, that constant communication that way has at least helped me every day to get through it. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you set up an at-home workout. I've been trying to keep up with some of them. Sometimes it's done school late, and I just want to go back to bed. But I push through, and I do the workouts, and they're really helpful. And I well, you always do. You're always a hard worker, and that's one of the things I love about you because you know sometimes you give me that goofy look when you see the workout. But you know what? I've never seen you walk out on a workout, and that's what makes oh, you yeah. winner, and that's what makes you a leader. Thank you. Hey, Rachel, so we're, we're scheduled to come back to school at this point on Monday, April 20th, God willing. We all hope um, that that works out. Uh, what do you think the, um, the nature of the softball season is going to look like? Do you have any insights on that? Um, you know, hitting the ground running obviously is going to be a fundamental um, if we do start back on April 20th. What are your thoughts on that? I really do hope that the... NJISAA lets us play this year. It'd be such a blessing to just get the four, the six days of practice that we need to before a season starts, as one of the rules is. And we just take those six days, and then that next week we just hop right into the season. I really, really hope we do that. And um, I think more tournament and state play is not good back end of April, beginning of May. So we have plenty of time to accumulate games and be able to team bond again. And what makes us, what makes high school athletes very different from the college athletes is that we're not doing any plane travel. Everything is by bus. We're not going state to state. We're very in our own state. So I hope everyone who's making the decisions about school sports can really focus in on what the difference between the high school and the college athlete is and how it's more of a state game versus a national game as more of the college athletes are. 
Okay, I thought Coach was going to jump in there. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, and and I hope I hope they do something similar to that. Um, have you seen the uh, petition that's going around for New Jersey uh, seniors to sign online about guaranteeing prom and uh, commencement ceremonies um, in case the coronavirus knocks us out the rest of the semester? I did sign the petition for graduation. Um, I feel that as we have Notre Dame graduation at the Church Arena, there is plenty of room if this social distancing concept and coronavirus is still heavily impacting New Jersey, um, that there is definitely a lot of opportunity for us to be able to graduate on a reasonable distance, quite literally. And I think that at the least, we do deserve to be able to walk on that stage. Um, I don't think a virtual diploma or graduation is, that's just something that the senior class is really fighting for is that time to be able to walk and say that you did it and that you make your parents proud and your family and your teachers and anyone who could have doubted you or believed in you. But I did sign that petition. Um, prom is a very, like, you know, you dance on the floor with everyone and you get super close and it's just like a big, huge celebration. I really do hope for the prom one and I will find that petition. <laughs> but all that, all that matters is that like everyone can be safe at the time that those events happen. There are, Two months away from now so hopefully this the curve dies down and we kind of get into more of a reasonable state of life where we can be able to finish out some of our most memorable moments in high school careers well thank you rachel okay, rachel if i know our administration like i think i've gotten to know our administration that their first thought is about the student they care about you guys and if there's a way they can pull it off you guys will have those things because they realize how important they are to you. And again, I believe they care. And once you know somebody cares, you're golden. All right, Coach, we have just a couple seconds. Do you have a challenge for us this week? Yeah, the challenge is going to be the same thing that I challenged last week. I don't think, you know, I'm a simple guy, Father. Go out and check on somebody. Check on a friend. Father, I'm going to call you later tonight and make sure you're okay. I appreciate that. Have a good day, and thanks. Until next time, God bless. Sinners and